Hey, welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs, and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. I interview entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information that can help you get past your blocks and move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, and on YouTube, as well as on my website at WinnieAnderson.com. You know, every one of us has experienced some sort of challenge in our lives. For some, it was a momentary mistake or an action we took that we regret, but we've somehow learned to live with. For others, it might have been a loss or a rejection. For others, like me, it was abuse. Maybe it was harassment. Well, in today's episode, you'll hear from professional speaker Peggy O'Neill, who is three and a half feet tall. Peggy is an award-winning keynote speaker and author. For over 13 years, she has inspired powerful, positive change in corporate and women's groups across the U.S. with her unforgettable, dynamic, and humorous keynote speeches and trainings. Coming from the field of psychotherapy and drawing from her extraordinary experiences, tri triumphing over the many trials, being a little person living in a big world, Peggy lead, lends her expertise in the areas of personal empowerment, celebrating diversity, and enhancing professional performance. Peggy has presented to over 100,000 people in organizations such as FEMA, Chase Bank, Diversity Works, Texaco, U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, Lucent Technologies, Bell Aerospace, Lockheed Martin, and lots more. Peggy has authored two books, Walking Tall, Overcoming Inner Smallness, No Matter What Size You Are, and Little Squarehead, an illustrated children's book. Featured on the cover of Speaker Magazine, Peggy is also a contributing teacher in the films The Opus, and tapping the source. Additionally, Peggy serves young students offering anti-bullying and self-esteem programs. Happily, Peggy brings real solutions to audience members and their hosting organizations. She lives in Ohio, California, which is a small town near Santa Barbara. So listen in as Peggy shares the path she took to become a professional speaker. Her perspective on taking your greatest challenge and making it your biggest gift, the single biggest and best question you can ask yourself, three simple steps you can take to deal with your inner critic, how you can grow your inner bigness, and she shares a great brief guided meditation that you can use anytime to reconnect to your inner magnificence. As always, listen all the way to the end, where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, so welcome, Peggy. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I'm glad we're finally here. I am, too. I am, too. And a big thanks to Jessica Yarbrough, who's a past guest on the show, who connected us. So she's such a doll, and I really appreciated her connecting us. So oh, she thinks the world of you as well. Uh, she's so sweet. So Peggy, let's let's 
right in here. You are this show's official first ever motivational speaker. So, whoa, yay, you, wow, yeah. yes, that's amazing. People have, yes, I speak, but nobody that that is the focus of their business. So that's for really uh -huh, an uh -huh. exciting first for, yes. for the well, show. I started in, 19, in 2000, and there was no internet situation back then. So yeah. um, I'm probably more of a veteran than your other speakers. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that, because people don't usually, you know, go to college saying, I'm going to be a motivational speaker, darn it. No, that's yeah. It's just yeah. something that happens, right? So how did it happen yeah. to you? Well, I'm going to say first that I went to college not one time, but two times, and the and then three and four times, but not technically. Technically, I went to um, school once when I got out of high school, and I got a degree in education. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up having a restaurant and never used it. And then I decided to turn my hobby into my profession, which was photography. So I went to photography school, and I went to the Harvard of Art Schools in America called Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. Anybody who's a commercial artist knows of it. And the most amazing thing happened to me there, Winnie. Um, first of all, professional photographers use huge, big equipment. Yes. Like four by five camera, the kind with the bellows and the cloth that goes over your head. My tripod weighed like 25 pounds. I weighed 70 weigh seven. I weighed and weigh 70 pounds, I'm happy to say. Same weight now as I what I did then. Anyway. Uh, I worked really, really hard with all that big equipment. I was extremely challenged. And one month before I graduated, the dean got a new dean in the school in my seventh semester in the photography department. He called me into his office. He sat me down and said, congratulations, Peggy, on your upcoming graduation. You know, this is the greatest. And I was like, thank you. And then he said, I just want you to know that when you go out in the real world, no one's going to hire you because you're a little person. So for those people listening in today who may not recognize just from my face, it's hard to recognize that I am sitting down now and I am now standing up. So <laughs> there's not a whole lot of difference. And you can see by my very unique, beautiful hands that I am and also my arm length. Yeah. So I'm a little person. And um, in not PC terms means I'm a dwarf. And I like to say that word very much because it had, you know, I heard it a lot as a kid, and it's kind of nasty. So um, anyway, um, I never became a photographer. I dropped out. I moved to Hawaii. I took pictures of kids in schools. I mean, I was a photographer, but, you know, I made, like, it was like a hobby, really. And um, I had been trained to, a lot of my, my colleagues went on to create million-dollar-a-year uh incomes from that education and working hard and being talented. So that was quite a beginning of my career, quite a setback for me. And now I'm trying to remember the original question, which was my education. How did you get into being oh, speaking? A, a, okay, a, yeah. A okay, speaker. yeah. So here goes my whole life story, and I'll do it really fast. So one thing leads to another. So, um, so. I didn't, I went to, I moved to Hawaii and very interestingly, while I was there, um, having not been able to secure a career 
and not being able to secure a romantic relationship called like fall in love every three months and failure after failure after failure. Um, so it's like difficulty inside of me that was doing that. Um, I really got taken down by the dark side. I really started to feel that all this failure was about me and I believed it and I thought I had no value, no worth. I was unlovable. I was unemployable and I, I thought nobody was going to give me a fair chance. So I um, started having, I wake up in the morning in tears, having suicidal thoughts. Things shifted. I moved to Boulder to join a personal spiritual, I mean, a psychological spiritual work school. And within a few short years, as we know the process to dig yourself out from being in that far, it was, it was a process. And I worked really hard at it. And there was something about personal development that really lit me up. And I went on to become a psychotherapist. When I was a psychotherapist, I told my friend Marcy Shimoff, who many of you know, is the author of many of the Chicken Soup books, right. Chicken Soup for Women, and Happy for No Reason, Love for No Reason. She's a good friend of mine from college, and we've stayed friends through all these years. She's, I called her and told her I was having a workshop to promote my practice, my psychotherapy practice. And she's like, Peggy, your dharma is to become a professional speaker. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting because every time I – share at a group, any kind of group, usually I have more than one or two people come up to me and tell me how much my comment made, how well I articulated, how I spoke exactly from their heart, all this kind of stuff. So it was like not only reading the heart of the group and speaking it, but doing it very well. So I was like, wow, that's amazing when she said it. I was like, all those memories just came up. Da, 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 da. And she said, why don't you come with me next week to the National Speakers Conference in Florida? I went, and that was back in 1997. Okay. So that was a long time ago. So I came back. I wrote a brochure. I started speaking for free. I spoke at all the Lions Clubs and Rotary Clubs, and I started speaking at schools and at colleges in my, in, in my vicinity. I lived in Boulder at that time. And within a year, I was starting to command fees, and my career grew over 13 years until I had a sort of bypass with a divorce, and I, then I dropped out again. And um, I'm coming back now. So awesome. that's the whole trajectory, like whole life story wow. in how many minutes? That was like four minutes. Wow. So that's I incredible, though. That may have been more information than you wanted to know. but No, you know what? I, I don't think so because I think that so many of us follow this circuitous journey. Yes. And when we're in the middle of it, we're like, where in the Sam Hill am I going? What? What is, why can't I get to a point and be like feeling good about it, right? And then when we're at the point, we look back and go, oh, that's what was going on when I was going all over the place here. I wasn't going all over the place. I was well, picking up the things I needed. For me, it was more like what wasn't going on because I didn't have the clarity which is one yeah. of the main yep. things that you talk about. Yes. And after I started to go to that school, the, um, it's called the Diamond Heart Diamond Approach or Diamond Heart School, I started to get clear. And I started to get what my gifts were. And I started to get that I – and I actually had a transformational experience in the context of that. And I'd love to share it with you please, and, yeah, and, please and, your, and your listeners because it was actually – 
the turning point. Now, um, in the school, we talk about essence and ego, and that there's, I'm sure most of your listeners are, are, are familiar with those two concepts, the essence being our true nature, that thing that doesn't, is not connected to our history, our past, our wounds, even our wins. And then our ego, which is connected to all of those things. It's our story. It's our identity that we use to go around and do business and meet people and remember who we, you know, like how do we function? It's based on memory. Okay. So I'm at the school and I'm having a lot of essential experiences. And one day I'm at um, an intensive for focusing on the difficulty of my childhood. And I'm punching some pillows, cathartic work. This is back in the early 90s, and we're doing cathartic work back then, punching pillows and yelling, I hate you, you know, just a normal Friday night. <laughs> and um, uh, after about three rounds of 45 minutes, I laid back on my pillows to rest, and like magically, amazingly, inside of my heart, I saw, well, it was inside my whole body. It started from my heart. I saw this diamond that was bigger than my entire body, and it went, from above my head to below my toes and like light was shimmering out in every direction and in that moment something big was happening and I was very aware of that and I just was sat I just laid there and was quiet and in the silence I heard words rise up inside of me and they said you are a diamond valuable precious beautiful and that, like, broke the trance. It broke the trance that something was wrong with me. It broke the trance that I needed to effort, that I needed to do something more in order to be loved or be successful. Yeah. And so, of course, you know, after that, it's like that's the easy part. The hard part, then, is integrating that new identity to try to overcome all of the ego structure and let the, 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 the essential nature become the, the majority and the, and the go-to default identity and deal with the, now how it is. It's more dealing with the ego structure when my buttons get pushed. Then I have to sort of like, I get triggered into that again. Oh, yeah, I remember that wound. Ouch. I want to protect myself. So I shut down my heart. I go contract inside. I contract back to that efforting, struggling, wimpy crying, sad, the list goes on, and then I had to do my practices, take a couple of deep breaths, come back to my true self. So that's like a lot about my story. And, and that's really powerful. Thank you. And I think that so many of us have some moment when we're faced with a decision Yes. Right. Something yes. happens to us. For you, it was that physical movement of the experience. And so much does happen to us and come to us, right, when we're engaging in physical activity, walking with nature. To yes. Something yes. physical, even in the yes. shower, washing our hair, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That's where the big ideas tend to come. So can you talk a little bit about what enabled you to embrace that diamond because I know people and you know for me it was a journey as well who you're almost afraid of that right the, the Marianne Williamson quote that yeah, we're, yeah. we're actually afraid of our light did yeah. that did you have any of that interfere like oh no wait a minute not me it was it was so 
I would call it the mo- one of the most significant experiences that I'd had in my life, and meaning that the veil was pulled back. I was having clearly a mystical experience, and that that which was not of this world was more real than anything of this world. And anyone who's had a mystical experience knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And those of you, of you who haven't, keep doing your deep breathing so that you have one. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> because and, and, they're pretty amazing. They, yeah. it, yes, it, yeah. it, it is. And I, let's see if you think this is true. I found that for me what helped was when I started asking bigger and better questions. Yes, I've seen that on your thing. Well, yes, I think that that's true. And for me, you asked me the question, I didn't answer it. I didn't get to the answer. I just wanted to make the point that it was so significant that it wasn't like I had to convince myself. Okay. It yeah. was only that I had to remind myself, right? Yes. So one yes. of the things that I noticed, there were a couple of things that um, would sort of have it go away and a lot of challenges. And one of them, of course, is something that everybody has, everybody can relate to, is the critical voice. And whenever I would think, okay, I'm this amazing diamond and now I want to go out and speak. And then the first thing that came up is like, if you think they're not going to hire you when you want to be a photographer, <laughs> what do you think they're going to hire you to go up and stand in front of a stage in front of 300 people? Like, so, um, so this critical voice is there at every turn, especially when we put, we raise the bar on our goals, personal or professional, spiritual or whatever, health, the super, super ego, the critical voice is there smacking us down. So one of the greatest things that I learned was how to stop the critical voice, how to silence it. And basically, I'd be happy to share that with you because- It was, I think, the number one tool that I had. It was the number one um, thing that I needed to protect myself from because it just was ingrained in my mental conditioning, hanging around with my mom and my teachers and my spiritual leaders and religious teachers and all that stuff from school, right? There's so much that we need to learn about how to hold ourselves and express ourselves in order to be socially acceptable. But along with that comes a lot of other restrictive messages that squash the truth of our our magnificence, our real light. So how you do it is you, first of all, it's a three-step process, very simple. Pay attention to your mental chatter. Yeah, so you just be talking or you be doing or you be thinking about your goals or writing your goals and pay attention to the voice when it comes up. And when you hear it, you can just simply say to yourself, stop. And you want to use a firm, uh, commanding voice and not just like, stop, please stop, please stop. No, it's like stop. And or you, you know, shut up, go away. Those are also good phrases. So you can do that and just command the voice to stop. So that's the second step. And the third step is just to take a deep breath, sense your arms and legs, and come back to the present moment. That's great. So that can be a really powerful way to, well, I call the um, number one, the 
sorry, I call the critical voice the number one cause of inner smallness, that, 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 that force in life that beats us down and makes us small, which is what you're all about, which is, which is like, okay, you've, you've achieved this level of success, and now you're going to your next bar of success, and you're on your own, and you don't have so much immediate community around you, and how do you get the support? Well, the first thing you need to do is get the support from within yourself. And the, when you're in a vacuum, a lot of times when you're by yourself a lot, that voice can really take over. So really pay attention and really defend yourself. And also when you're talking, and even if you can practice with your friends. This is what I, I, I do a lot, is when I, I practice paying attention for my friends when they're talking. And when they say something that's um, negative, I say, no negative self-talk, my friend. I learned that from my friend Katerina Rondo. This is a very loving phrase, you know, it's like you're pointing out something that they're going in a sort of downward direction, and you're saying it with a touch of love. So That's great. Yeah. And you can even say that phrase to yourself. No negative self-talk, my friend. Yeah, because I think we forget that that, that piece of, you know, the, the two great commandments, right? you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul blah 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 and you shall love your neighbor as yourself yes. somehow we remember the neighbor <laughs> part well most of us do but it's the as yourself part that we miss and I know yes. my own friends you know I know that they would never say the mean things they say to themselves to me oh for sure well, that's that, you know, it's a little bit that greater than your light thing. I mean, the thing for Marianne Williamson is yeah. that our greatest fear is our light, not our darkness. Is that, you know, our mothers and our aunts and our women and uh, women very much got the message, don't be too big, don't be too show off, you can win, but not every single time. You know, don't go around prancing and, you know, just stay in your little, and certainly, over the span of my life, girls growing up are getting a lot more leg room on that one, for sure. Yeah. And they're still con con sort of, I think, relative to the mother's comfort with her own bigness and her own magnificence and her own light will go on how she conditions her child. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, some I of us... Some of us have more of a challenge of that than that with, but I'm just saying it's a conditioning thing from our culture. It's it not something that we like decide ourselves. No, it, it. And one of my past guests, Mark Baker, talked about this same issue, and he he used the analogy of a sponge, and that we pick up these beliefs and this conditioning from other people in yes. our life and from the media and everything else and we just absorb that and that's how it got there if that's not we don't really believe that it's just been indoctrinated into us yeah exactly so let's talk a little bit about this issue of size and inner size and yes. inner bigness inner smallness okay. can you talk okay. about that because and that comes from your book walking tall right yes yes yeah yes. share that because well, I, I watched some of the videos where you've done interviews and you've talked about this and clips from your own presentations, and I thought it was really fascinating. So, yeah, share that. And there's Peggy's book. Yeah, okay. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's a little language I made up whenever I'm on other people's websites and I hear all their – it's like um, 
Smurf language kind of thing. You know, when you were a kid or your kids were kids, it was like Smurfology or Smurferific, right? So <laughs> I made up my own language around size. Um, yeah, and so uh, in, in my keynote speech, my opening line is, have you noticed size matters? And from the moment we're born, they're measuring us with tapes and yardsticks and they're measuring our grades and they're measuring our bank account and they're, you know, they're measuring our dowry in some modern form, right? How much intelligence, education, how, how what, all that stuff. Anyway, uh, they're measuring our resume, right? Mm -hmm. So these are all the things that sort of can get measured on the outside that represent us. And then we have what's inside of us that represents another aspect of us. And in my case, because I stopped growing when I was basically like six years old, uh, there's more, to, more detail to that, but let's just do the simplified version. I had, I, it, it just sort of came to me, it, it was very apparent to me that people don't just, don't, you're not a grown-up because, I mean, it's obvious, people, you're not a grown-up just because you're five and a half feet tall. You're grown-up because of how old you are, and hopefully you're based on your wisdom. So, so I started sort of getting this language about inner smallness and inner bigness. So inner bigness is when we're coming from our essential nature. It's that place where we're connected to our light, to our love, to the peace, to the expansion, to the sense that we are powerful, that we have a capacity to create in the world from our vision, from our heart, and from our body, and from our soul, and that these creations can be an incredibly beautiful thing. It's the part of us that actually is present in the moment and is available to appreciate our experience in the moment. And inner smallness is the part of us that is really the ego identity because all egos are based in the phrase, I'm not enough. And you can fill in, I am not blank enough. So each of us have a thing. My thing is value. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not valuable enough as whether it's as a woman, as a mother, as a homemaker, as a employee, as a professional photographer, as a authority, all of those roles that I've taken on in my life, although I never did become a mother, but I was a wife. Um, I have struggled with accepting my truth, my beautiful truth. So, um, Inner, so inner smallness, and it gets antagonized by things. Inner smallness is the part inside that says, I'm not enough. It's a voice that's going on all the time. That's why I wanted to talk about it first. And it also is the part that says, I can't do it. It's the part that doesn't believe in our true nature, that beautiful, big, huge, amazing, magnificent self that we have inside of us. And it doesn't And, and most of all, it wants to keep us small. That's the thing. That's why it's so hard. Like if it, if it didn't want to keep us small, if the ego didn't want to continue to control the whole situation, if it didn't want to continue to live and thrive, scary concept there, that, <laughs> it, 
then we could just say, okay, I'm done with you. But it, you know, it's like a dragon that keeps coming back. And yeah. so it is, it is a challenge to, because there is that place where when we get to our real magnificence, that there is nothing there. And there is some intrinsic fear of nothingness. There is some intrinsic fear of how can I be an identity if I have no identity? How can I function in the world if I'm actually this magnificent hugeness that's actually nothingness? I mean, I'm going way into the metaphysical right now, but it is a level, oh, spiritual, I should say. It's not necessarily metaphysical. It is part, I'm assuming most of your listeners are on the same wavelength as you, Winnie, so I'm speaking to that. Okay, so um, the inner smallness can hold us down and keep us small, and it wants to keep us small. So we have to constantly have tools to work ourselves out of it. Silencing the critical voice is one of it. And the other thing, I'm going to sort of uh, put these two things together. Another thing that keeps um, us spinning with the inner smallness are challenges in life. We get a diagnosis. Well, we can't lose the weight we want. We have a divorce. Um, one of our children is ill or actually has a death. Um, our parents become incapable and we have to make some big changes in our life in order to care for them. Um, we get left, we get, we miss the promotion, we get laid off. Any, any of those things, our business, the, the business that we spent $30,000 learning how to do the online program and we tried it and nobody signed up or we didn't have enough money to, or it went for a year and then it collapsed. I think that's probably the most common experience. So when those challenges come, I'm just going to call them challenges, when they come, the most common, the ego's response is, okay, I give up, yes, I know this wasn't really supposed to happen, or I guess I didn't deserve it. So that's what the inner smallness says. And the inner bigness comes at it from a very different place, and it says something like, okay, there's a challenge here, and it really sucks. I'm going to let myself be present with it, and I know I have enough emotional presence to be able to feel it without disappearing. I'm bigger than my pain, mm -hmm. the big one. And also, I'm going to look and inquire like you all do, ask a bigger question. How is this challenge helping me? What's the gift in this challenge? What am I supposed to learn here? Am I, do I need to learn CPR? Do I need to learn the new love language? Do I need to learn how to balance my checkbook? Do I need to pay attention to my um, interpersonal relationships a little bit better? How, what's, what challenges is being asked of? What, what, what lesson is being asked of me here? And how, when I learn that lesson, will I become a bigger, better human being? Yeah, I think that single question Yes. What's the lesson yes. that I'm supposed to learn here yes. is the single most powerful question that you can ask yourself and then be open to the response yes. and know that it's not a, it's not a negative. It's no, a, that's what I was just, yeah. can I just interrupt you for a second? Yeah. I would reframe, I don't necessarily ask what's the lesson I'm to learn here. I ask the question, how is this challenge helping me become a bigger, better person? Yes. That way it's yes. in the frame of, yes, this is for me. This is happening for me, not to me. Right? right? Yeah. That, that, that cool aphorism when it came out a couple of years ago, I was like, that is so awesome. I wish I thought of that. 
this is not happening to me. This is happening for me. It's in my best interest. It's for my personal growth. It's for my ultimate spiritual growth so that I can develop my full potential, which is not just to be successful in business. It's not just to be a great homemaker and mother. It's not just to be a great wife, friend, and coworker, but also to be fully present to all the dimensions of life and to be enriched by them in each moment. So it, it just keeps, as we become bigger, better people, the capacity for enjoying and, 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 and being enriched by life just expands. Yeah, and that's really powerful, and I think that the key here is to remember that we're, we already have this inside yes. of us, yes. right? Yes, Not exactly. the outside that we're chasing <laughs> and the striving yes. and the goals yes. and the must-dos. It's yes. all here as long as you're open to receiving it and letting it truly grow out from within. That's so beautiful, yes. And that's the difference between like inner smallness and inner bigness. Inner right. smallness is that when there's the seeking, efforting, trying to get, trying to get to the next thing, it's not just a matter of making an effort. <clears throat> and whenever the efforting, whenever the, the, the you know, there's, it, it, I'd like to just bring up this point. There is, we do have a desire body, even though you can be a highly, contented person there's still a part of me at least that and I think for other people it's true too that wants to continue to expand continue to be a bigger better person more loving more compassionate more empathetic make smarter decisions um, do things in a more altruistic way do th work balance I mean that's something that we're all managing all the time how can I be loving to myself be loving to my to my business and my customers be loving to my family and somehow keep all these plates spinning and still feel rested when I wake up in the morning like how do you do that so um, the desire body the, the I call it more the like the hamster wheel when I feel like I'm like I'm running like this yeah. can you see my hands I don't know yep. there's a name thing is right over my hands and that's when you get a good idea that you are just functioning from the inner smallness trying to create some kind of facade on the outside that will be enough whereas if you learn to do some of the things I'm sure that you teach some of the things that your other podcast people are helping and some of the things I'll be talking about today some more things I'll be talking about today to come back to that place of your essential nature that you can begin to just be open and contented and say yes I can be more and here's some steps I can take and you go through those steps in a one in a very calm and collected and present way so I just want to make the point and it's a fine line between it's not that we stop desiring it's not that we don't want more we do right. that's part of being human but are we doing it from a place of emptiness or are we doing it from a place of fullness are we doing it from a place that's trying to um, make up for something that's lacking or are we doing it because it's an expression of our inherent magnificence yeah, that's that's all fantastic. I I amen all of that, and and it it does get back to the the giving nature of how yes. you approach truly your gift. Um, yes. So yeah, that's just also so outstanding. Can you 
talk a little bit more, maybe give us a couple of specific strategies to develop this inner bigness uh -huh. and, and let go of that smallness? Because it is a journey, I can tell you that. It's not something that we just go, okay, we're done now. And, and then with every new level of business and every new challenge that we give ourselves, I think that it's there's like a ratcheting of what's going on in our head and our heart. So yes. maybe okay. you can speak a little bit about that. Sure. So I've already given two. One was silencing the critical voice, and the other one was finding the gift in your challenge. Right. And the third one is, I would say, actually having a practice that connects you with your true nature. So having some kind of breathing practice, a meditation practice, a prayer practice, mm -hmm. if, if it's going to mass, if it's going to synagogue, if it's walking in nature, if it's getting in a bathtub, if it's having a massage, you know, there's like a lot of things you can do. Mm -hmm. So if it's taking a deep breath, which, I mean, that brings us there. That brings every, that's like the, that's like the best free instant, you know, thing that people can do. And then if you go on to take some breathing courses, like I've been meditating since I was 18 and I was amazed when I took a formal course in breathing, even though I had been doing some pranayama techniques, but never like took a whole course in it and learned. And I was amazed at how it cleared stress out of my nervous system, how it cleared my mind, and how it got me more in touch with my true nature. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say practices. And I like to, I could, I could, I could, um, do a little meditation with people that I do. And then I'd like to take about five minutes to do that. And then I also like to talk about dealing with your difficult past. Because I think that that's another point that everybody, that, that, that's necessary, that you can't just think, okay, I'm going to quit my job, go start a new job, take on all these new challenges. And it's not going to bring up some issues about not being enough. Yeah. Yeah, you can and, face a face with your own crap when you go out on your own. <laughs> it, totally, and you're on your own. I mean, that's one of the other things about it is that so you really need to have these inner resources, and you really need, and, and, and the voices can get so blown out of proportion yeah. when you're in the room by yourself and there's not somebody distracting you at your next cubicle or down the hallway or at the water cooler, right? Right, yeah. 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 Um, okay. Yeah, so, so um, the little meditation that we'll do uh, um, is just to, um, first we can just sit quietly, and if you'd like, you can close your eyes or downcast your eyes. Spring your hand and put it over your heart. And just take a couple of deep breaths. And as you do, become aware of your chest going up and down as you breathe. Your belly going in and out. Just bring your attention into your heart. Can you hear me okay, Winnie? Yes. Okay, good. All right, so just bring in our attention to our heart. You might just check in with your heart, like you do with your stomach <laughs> quite often. And instead of saying, how are you hungry, say, how are you doing? And the heart doesn't really usually get this inquiry very often. You just sort of take our emotional state for granted or <clears throat> think that whatever it is is what it has to be and that we don't have the power to shift it, which we certainly do. So 
just checking in with your heart. How are you doing? Maybe are you open or, you know, just checking in. Is it open or closed? Are you feeling expanded or contracted or in the middle? Uh, do you feel warm? Do you feel cold? Do you feel, does your heart feel flowing? Does it feel stagnant? Okay, so just noticing in your heart how it feels. And once you get that, if you want, you can put your hand down. Let's take another deep breath. And this time when you exhale, I want you to just visualize your awareness sinking down inside your heart like a pebble sinking inside down into a pond of water. Just slowly sinking down as you exhale. And as your body relaxes, let your awareness come down deep to where the chatter stops. You notice that it's expanded, quiet, and peaceful. And when you're in the depth of your heart, I want you to notice if you see any light. Maybe you see a diamond. And if you don't, you could visualize a huge sparkling diamond in your heart. Just see it there and breathe in and just let yourself feel that diamond. And you could affirm certain truths about you is that I'm as valuable. I'm as valuable as a diamond. And just let yourself breathe in and feel what it feels like to be a diamond to be valuable, precious, and beautiful. And notice how it is to feel your magnificence. Are you afraid of it? Can you embrace it? Can you expand into it? Can you give yourself permission to be your full, huge, amazing, wise, witty, successful, powerful, Ingenious, creative, and all the other wonderful qualities, loving, compassionate, the list goes on. You can fill in a couple there. Can you let yourself expand all of those qualities and know that that's the truth of who you are? Excuse me. So just taking another really deep breath in, feeling what it feels like to be a diamond. And just notice, as you feel this way, what might you do if you move through the world with this identity? What could you do? What obstacle could you overcome? And this is the essence of your inner bigness. This is the quint essence of your inner bigness, to feel your magnificence, and to give yourself permission to live from this place because it's the truth of who you are. This is what authenticity is all about. Take another deep breath, and let's just sense our arms and legs. Sense your breath again. And when you're ready, just slowly open your eyes.
So that takes people to a really nice place. Awesome. And I do this with four-year-olds. I've spoken to over 100,000 kids in elementary schools, and <clears throat> I do this meditation with them, and they really love it. And it's amazing for them if I thought, if, that, if I learned when I was 4, 8, 10, 12, 15 to know that I'm a diamond, life would have been very different. But yeah. at any point that you learn it, it's a good thing. So that's a practice. And I tell the little kids, you have a bad day, you screw up in soccer, your mom yells at you, you get in a fight with your best friend. Translate that, translate that into adult language <clears throat> when you go to bed at night. You close your eyes and lay down on your pillow. Put your hands over your heart. Take a deep breath in and remember that diamond. Feel it. See it. Feel it. Believe it. Yeah, that's you know that's a really interesting point to raise, Peggy. I realized a few years ago that at the end of every day, I would beat myself up, mm. as I'm sure many other people do. Mm. All the things I didn't get to. All the things I didn't do and mm. I would just think to myself oh now I've got you know now tomorrow is going to be three times as busy and it was already over scheduled and I know that one <laughs> I just I don't know what happened but I just all of a sudden realized like why do I beat myself up that way how about if instead of obsessing over what I didn't do how about if I yay you know yayed myself over yeah. what I did do exactly how about that Let's focus yeah. on what I got yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. And then look at why do I continue to schedule more things in one day than any one human could get done in a month. Right. So that's a good that's a good re re sort of like a a, a, um, a tweak that you could make to your daily yeah. to your daily uh, like how you roll your day out. It's like what can I actually get done today? And then at night when you lay down in bed to ask the question, not what didn't I get done, but what did I get done today? What joy did I bring to the world? What joy did I have? What were the most amazing moments of today? And let yourself be enriched by that and be like, oh, my God, my life is so amazing. I'm so amazing. Yeah. A very different, a very different way to go into repairing all the stuff that repairs your body and mind for the next day than, oh, shoot, I didn't get all that stuff done today. Boy, am I a loser. Yeah, that's exactly it. So I think that if you're, you know, if you're having problems, and we all know that as you age, that women especially, there are issues with sleeping and, and that kind of stuff. And we're not saying don't take care of your diet and do all the good things that, you know, health-wise, physically healthy, we know you need to do. But let's really look at this issue of how we're closing out the day and yeah. setting ourselves up yeah, for yeah. The restorative sleep that we yes. is so precious to us all the yes. time, but especially as we get older. Yes. That self-abuse is only mm -hmm. setting you up for more misery. Yes. So self-love is another really big thing that goes along with all of this thing about inner bigness and <clears throat> walking tall through your life. It, a lot has to do with how it, 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 all the things that we've talked about so far would make a shift in that in the way that we show up to love ourselves silencing the critical voice reframing our challenges as gifts um doing meditations where and do, doing whatever we do to bring us back to center and i just gave you a beautiful meditation and i just wanted to say not only at night you can do it anytime in the day too 
you know, you can do it with your eyes open, driving the car if you want, but it's nicer to do it when you could be, you know, sitting by yourself with your eyes closed. And sometimes like in the bank, I'm just like bored and I'm waiting in line. I'm like, okay, I'm going to feel my magnificence right now. And so I visualize the diamond. I go into this whole thing. My eyes are open. I see what's going on around me. And I'm like, woo, I am so cool. And which is a great way to manage your state in something like that that may raise your blood pressure or something like that. That's fantastic. Exactly. Peggy, I know there, we could go on for days Uh and there's, you are not just a, and I'm going to put just in air quotes, you're not just a motivational speaker, right? So you're an author and we have the book Walking Tall. We're going to have a link to that, of course, in the show notes, but you also offer courses and you have a great online shop with your recordings and things like that. So do you want to fill folks in on exactly what it is, the depth of, of what you offer and what you do? Sure. So I have been doing speaking for a long time, and I used to just do it in front of large audiences, but now we have the Internet. Right. Oh, my, what's that? Like this huge thing that's taking over our lives. Anyway, uh, I so I now have social media platform, and – I have online classes that I give, and then, of course, some of my tools, my books. I also have another book that I, because I told the diamond story, I just want to, and I gave the diamond meditation, I want to share that I have a children's book called Little Square Head, and it is the fairy tale uh, version of my own understanding of, like, um, this girl, she has a square head, she finds a diamond in her heart, and she knows then that she has value and she sees it in a reflection in the water, and she keeps coming back. And over time, she gets the, 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 the qualities. My three Cs, which one is different than yours, but courage, confidence, and not clarity, but compassion, So, which is the self-love piece. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, that's there for if you have kids, grandkids, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a true winner. That book, so many yeah. mothers come up to me and say, my kid runs to the bookshelf every night and look, gets that book off the thing. So anyway, um, awesome. I guess that's tooting my own horn, but I love the book. Hey, you got to, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and I have, um, I usually have some classes coming up. So you can check on my website, which is PeggySpeaks.com, P-E-G-G-Y, Speaks.com. And um, there's an online, menu, an online classes menu at the top, and you can just go there and see what I have going on. And um, for anybody who lives in Southern California, I go to schools, but I don't like to travel to go to do that. So, um, and that's why the recordings are there, which is fantastic. Yes, so you can you yes. can get some recordings and get a dose of Peggy anytime you need it. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so very much for being with me today and yes. sharing this great information with everybody. Yes, you're welcome. I'm I'm glad that I could be here. I'm glad that you inspired me to uh, greatness. And that our talk has been so fruitful. It was fruitful for me, I know. So thank you so much, Winnie. Thanks. All right. I hope you found that as helpful and inspiring and fun as as it was for me doing it. Peggy is a great person, and her message is really, truly powerful. Now, if you like what you heard, I hope you'll share the show with others who can benefit from and enjoy it. You can become a fan of the show on my site at winnieanderson.com slash fans. When you do, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox along with information, tips, and resources to help you consistently move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. To position yourself and pre-sell yourself 
as the unique solution provider that you are so you can profit from your expertise. All right, so your cocktail exercise. That's what I like to call a reflection exercise, as you know. So what does your inner critic say that keeps you playing small or holds you back from embracing your inner bigness, as Peggy would call it? What voice is that that you're hearing? I know it's yours because it's inside your head, but who is that person talking to you? It's time to tell them to shut up, to stop talking. As uh, the old saying goes, time to raise the rent and kick them out of your head. So also think about what do you do when your critic starts in on you? Do you have a practice that can snap you out of it? Do you have a friend or a group of friends you can reach out to who can help you shut that little demon down? I think that this is the sort of stuff that journaling can be really helpful for. All right, so your action step. It's to do what Peggy shared. Tune in to your inner critic, to your inner chatter. Catch the voice in the moment and break the pattern by saying stop or some other kind of sudden statement in your head that interrupts what's going on. Another great thing to do is to read through your testimonials and the thank you notes that you've gotten. They're nice little pats on the back that remind yourself of how fabulous you really are. And when people tell you how fabulous you are, just receive that and say thank you. No more deflecting the praise. Remember, the formula for abundance is ask, believe, and receive. So start developing your skills in receiving small things like compliments and build your muscle to receive the big things that you want. If you know you would benefit from membership in a group that would help you stay focused, that would help you finally move forward to achieve your goals, and would be allow you to build relationships, relationships with like-minded solo professionals and owners of micro firms, then head on over to my website, winnieanderson.com slash action and learn more about the Action Takers group and when the next enrollment is. Thanks. This has been Winnie Anderson again for The Courageous Entrepreneur. Remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.